Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 70, Monologue Taboo. Can Christians do debate or can we only do preaching? That's what we ask in this final episode of our preaching series. I saw some real political drama this week. I was at the Conservative Party Conference fringe meeting where Steve Bray, prominent campaigner for this country to rejoin the European Union, made his protest against a room full of Brexit fundamentalist Tories. Having put down his megaphone outside and sneaked in just as the chairman was warming up, he walked to the front, uncovered his slogan T-shirt and shouted... Where are your Brexit benefits? Which I thought was a very reasonable question before he was manhandled out of the room. The video was all over the media, thankfully leaving Ravel just out of sight, saving me from explaining to my friends, no, I'm not a Brexiteer. I wonder if you've ever been to a party political conference. I go to lots, Labour and Conservative, whenever they're in town. I once went to a Labour conference as far away as Blackpool. Now, I'm not a member, and I don't go into the official members part of the conference. I go round the fringe circuit. Usually I get some nice finger food, I spot a few famous faces, and I get to hear impassioned, well-informed speeches on subjects that might range from why everything is Brexit's fault to why we need to build more council housing. The setup is always the same. You walk into a room with rows of chairs, take your seat, and then at the front, a chairperson sat behind a table will be flanked by three, four, five speakers. The session will last best part of an hour, and after the chair introduces the subject, you'll get ten minutes from each speaker giving you their two penny worth, then usually a few minutes of questions which can be a little bit stale because professional lobbyists dominate them, trying to get a mention for their organisation. But there are questions, and some of them are real questions, awkward questions. In a sense, you know what the issues are, because you've already heard at least three conflicting speeches on the subject. No, dear Christian, I am not suggesting that we turn your church into a Labour fringe meeting where you'll get three contradictory sermons followed by a Q&A. I think there is a place for one lone figure standing up and addressing a gathering. Subject to quality, I believe in the sermon. But I think we underestimate how much preaching has taken over all communication in church life. Can Christians do debate? Or can we only do preaching? If the world around us uses one word to talk about church communication, it is, of course, the word preach. Is this fair? What are they getting at? Well, I suppose a couple of things. They're saying that our verbal output is often moralising and judgmental. And my sense of church life is that we are less guilty here than we used to be. Most Christians and most churches I know are warm, generous and understanding most of the time. So I don't think this punch really hits home quite so well 
anymore. Yes, I know you can find some terrible examples of church moralising. I'm generalising. But I think the other thing that is meant by church preaching all the time is that church is the only place you're going to hear a top-down monologue. Communication that comes from above and it's one way. The emblematic piece of church furniture that says this in three dimensions is, of course, the pulpit. But most churches no longer put the preacher in an elevated wooden box standing six feet above contradiction. The fashion is to get the preacher down on the same level as the people, with as little humanity-hiding obstacle as possible. Can you cope with a lectern? Can you cope with a transparent lectern without notes? We want to see you transparent and unarmed as possible, please. Here, I'm afraid, we really do have a problem, and it runs wide and deep throughout church life. I gave you a technical definition of preaching the other week. Here is my definition of what's wrong with preaching in church life in general. Preaching is top-down monologue, heavy laden with taboo. It's about what one person wants to say, not about what the many want to ask. It never ceases to amaze me how endemic this problem is throughout church life. The problem with preaching for church is not just that most sermons are rubbish, But most Christian leaders can't stop preaching, whatever the subject, whatever the setting. Let's compare the political party conference with some of the Christian events I've been to. Dick Lucas would sometimes finish a talk at a Proclamation Trust training event for young preachers with, right now, who's going to ask or say something? And we would all sit on our hands in embarrassed silence because we all knew that after Dick had spoken, the correct response was to say nothing. In 1998, at the three-yearly Diocesan Clergy Conference, the Bishop of Chester gave a speech gently suggesting, in the vaguest of terms, his approach as new bishop, and the archdeacon in the chair asked for questions from the floor. After a long, awkward silence, one very brave and slightly naive vicar stood up and asked a gently sceptical question, something along the lines of, Well, sir, may I ask, what is your vision for this diocese under your leadership? You could feel the atmosphere freeze. He was ostracised for the rest of the conference. No one dared to be seen talking to him. His next appointment was in a diocese 200 miles away. So much for the institutional church. What about the Liberals? I went to York to hear Dave Tomlinson speak at a progressive Christian network event. He was great, but I thought he was a bit one-sided, so when the chair asked for questions, my hand went up first. Even though no one else wanted to speak, they would not let me debate with him. My sense is that the liberal church folk are no less top-down in their communication and the air at their meetings is just as heavy with taboo. It's just liberal taboos are a bit different from conservative taboos. Sometimes the lengths Christians go to 
to avoid real discussion can be really comical. I once went to a parish meeting at my local Catholic church where we were invited in small cohorts to listen to a fundraising initiative. The priest told us the plan and then shared his disappointment about people not volunteering for Sunday school leadership. I tried to ask how confident people were in the church's safeguarding but before I got halfway through my first sentence, I was closed down by one of the two most prominent Sunday school teachers in the church, who quickly changed the subject. When she finished, I tried again, and this time the other most prominent Sunday school teacher stopped me in my tracks with, I think we've run out of time. Their role seemed to be to protect the priest from any awkward questions. Was this priest an autocrat? No, he wasn't. He was a delightful old boy who'd doubtless heard it all, seen it all in his nearly 50 years of ministry, but still taboos hung thick in the air. Papal infallibility may have faded, but not priestly infallibility in that church. You couldn't wish for a gentler and more approachable soul than that priest, so I'm not saying it was his fault. I'm saying it was an unwritten rule in that church you never question the priest. This is a terrible problem when church people really do need to debate. In the Church of England, the big battle at the moment is about sexuality. There are vocal campaigning groups on both sides, but my sense is they are both much more comfortable preaching sermons than engaging with the other lot in real discussion of the issues. They're much more comfortable with bold proclamation of what they believe whilst portraying the other lot as morally deficient sub-Christians. Yes, there is too much preaching in church life. The living in love and faith process was a brave effort to get Anglicans to sit down and talk to each other about sexuality. But I think it was a bit of an uphill struggle because the idea that you might learn something from discussing a sensitive issue with someone who sees it differently is so countercultural to normal church life. What is church communication like? Church is like a school where only the teacher talks, or like a university where you only ever learn from lectures. I don't know about those of you who've been to university, but for me the lectures were the least illuminating part of the process. I learned far more from reading on my own and talking to other students, often late at night. Okay, arguing with other students. Even when I go to big-name, expensive Christian conferences, the preaching process prevails. You hear one part of the church preaching its certainties in its silo. You're bolstered in your faith in this outlook and you never encounter anyone from the church's other silos coming back at you with their arguments. And when the world is changing very quickly and there's a great deal coming round the corner in church life, very rarely do we get to grips with the big questions in honest conversation. Yes, I think top-down monologue, heavy with taboo, makes it harder for church to face the future. Important things are hidden in the taboos. 
Child abuse is not the only dark reality that was unsayable for far too long. Surely we would have confronted abuse earlier if we had a culture of open and horizontal conversation. Perhaps Church Ahead is as guilty of this as anyone. How can I criticise top-down monologue in the format of a lone voice podcast? Ouch, you've got me there. I hope you can see that Church Ahead is not thick with taboo. I try to raise issues that I think are usually avoided. You can see the email address in the Buzzsprout introduction for comments. We're in the process of setting up a YouTube channel where anyone will see the comments. What a load of rubbish. That's not fair. At least 1% of Church Ahead is okay. On a good day. My dream would be to present this material in a live forum made up of people with a wide range of views with someone else chairing debate. Meanwhile, I know that some of our listeners are more theologically conservative and some more liberal. I always try to imagine both sides are in the room. In my mind, I'm talking to a range of Christians sat round a table. Many Christian organisations simply play the game. Sometimes a Christian talk is followed by token questions. In lockdown, I watched Brian McLaren introduce his latest book. It was a good talk about a good book with some good ideas about the stages of faith we tend to go through. But it felt to me like one side of a debate. The chair began the Q&A with a long tribute to the speaker's brilliance. And then we got half a dozen questions along the lines of What a wonderful Christian you are. How can I be as good as you? I think it would have shown more respect for Brian McLaren to engage critically with his ideas. Political journalists these days often joke about how deferential their predecessors were in the early era of television. The classic quotation from the 1950s interview of a cabinet minister. May I ask you, sir, what you have to say to a grateful nation? Political debate is a lot livelier than that today, but I can't help feeling that church discourse is still stuck in the top-down world of our grandparents. I wonder how your mind fills in the gaps. Some people hear a musical note and their mind fills in a harmony. Some people see a colour and their mind's eye fills in a rainbow. I'm afraid I've got the sort of mind that when I hear a theological assertion, straight away I hear a debate of several voices giving several views. Every statement about God opens an argument for me. God is not a white man. Try telling that to William Blake. Could she be a black woman? Can't each race picture God in its own image? Does God have a gender? Does God have an ethnicity? Temperamentally, I like a good scrap. A good argument gets my blood up. But very rarely does anyone give me a decent ping-pong match in church circles. As I grow older and perhaps more confident, I feel more frustrated with this. What would I give for the lively drama of a political party conference? For the honesty that there's more than one voice to listen to here? Sometimes 
I stand up towards the end of a religious meeting and what I say to them is effectively, thank you for your one-sided presentation of this issue. Now, do you want to debate with me or throw me out? But I'm not going to sit here quietly whilst your taboos take the oxygen out of this room. Thank you for listening to episode 70. That's it for preaching. Next week, we're going to the south of England to look at an upper-class Christian mafia.